Welcome to the Audacity to Podcast, episode 35, What's New in Audacity 1.3.13. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Audacity to Podcast. I'm your host, Daniel J. Lewis. This is the podcast where I give you the guts and teach you the tools to podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. Because if you don't have all three of those, then your podcast is missing one of those three. And that may sound profoundly stupid, but your podcast could sound profoundly stupid if you're not podcasting with passion, organization, and dialogue. And yes, there are different ways that you could word that for whatever position you're in, but definitely you can't podcast without passion. And I love talking about audacity. Last week's episode or last, the last episode, episode 34 was all about special effects. Some of the crazy things you can do in audacity and also some crazy fun stuff you can do with a mixer. And even before you record into your computers, stuff that you can do special effects on a mixer this week, again, I have some really cool stuff to share with you. Have you noticed, first of all, a pattern to the Audacity podcast? Every five episodes, I would be completely Audacity focused instead of just providing a little tip. But every five episodes, I try to have something that is Audacity focused. And thankfully, last week, it fell on when I was already planning to podcast about April Fool's Day and just funny stuff that you could do in Audacity. Well, I guess I'll bump that back another number and make it a little bit easier now being on the five. So every five episodes, I will be focusing on Audacity as I have been doing for the last however many times, every fifth episode. Tonight, in or whatever time of day you're listening to this, I have special news about the newest version of Audacity that just launched. It is Audacity 1.3.13. And there are some cool features and cool fixes and some nice things that have come to 1.3.13 that I think you're really going to like. Before I get into that, I want to tell you something that Ron Eastman one of our listeners sent in, he sent me this email after the previous episode talking about special effects. And I asked for some of your favorite special effects or crazy things that you've done in Audacity. And you can still send those to me, feedback at noodle.mx. You can send an audio file if you'd like with an attachment of an example. Or you can call in to 859-353-4332. Here's what Ron Eastwood said. Hey, Daniel, I enjoyed the recent episode of the Audacity to Podcast, as I do all of the episodes. Here's something I like to show the Cub Scouts of the radio station. I record someone saying a short phrase, then play it back. They laugh. I guess Cub Scouts laugh at short phrases. I perform the reverse effect on it and play it back. More laughs. I add a long reverb to that sound and then reverse it again so it is forward when I play that. I got ooze. It is the effect you often hear on modern movies associated with ghost voices. Lots of fun and not too hard to pull off. Thanks for all you do. 
Ron Eastwood. Thank you very much, Ron, for sending us that tip. And let me illustrate now for all of you what this sounds like. So here is a standard recording in Audacity. And this is actually recorded straight into Audacity from my microphone. And this is our sample recording for now. Thank you, Ron Eastwood, for showing us this crazy effect. Now, I have reversed that and listen to it now in reverse. And then like he said, apply a reverb to it. And I didn't apply a very long one, maybe a moderate reverb to this. Then reverse it again. So you apply the reverb to the reversed sound effect. And then you reverse it so it's back to normal. And this is then what it sounds like. Reversed, reverb, and reversed again. Here it is. He's right. It does sound like a ghost. I'm a ghost. Or there's a ghost in the machine. So that's fun, crazy thing. That's if you reverse a sound and then add a reverb and then add the reverse again. You reverse it again and then play it and then you get that. Because what's happening is you're adding a reverb, which a reverb follows your sound. But you're adding the reverb when it's already reversed. So when you then reverse it back to normal, you're getting like a reverse reverb. Then instead of following your sound, it's leading into your sound. And it's still, though, an echo, a weird echo kind of of the sound that you are leading into. So it's really crazy. And you can try that out. Again, if you have crazy effects or fun things that you like to do in Audacity, please send those to me. Feedback at noodle.mx. Audio files and samples are welcome, especially screenshots of your settings and any plugins that you might be using. And you can also call in to 859-353-4332. Now let's get into this. Audacity 1.3.13. The last time an Audacity update came out was, unfortunately, April 1st of 2010. And some people thought, oh, this is just an April Fool's Day prank. And I even thought it might be because I've conditioned myself to not take anything seriously on April 1st. But sure enough, it was serious that they released Audacity 1.3.12 on April 1st, 2010. And that has been the version that I've recommended for everyone to use for multiple reasons. The primary reasons are that Audacity 1.3 is far more stable than 1.2. Even though they call 1.2 the stable version, 1.3 is more stable. Audacity 1.3 is also the only version that was compatible, and they claimed partial compatibility, but I never had any problems, with the latest versions of OS X and Windows. So Windows 7 and Windows Vista would have problems with Audacity 1.2. Also, Audacity 1.3 added the ability for plugins to take advantage of a graphical user interface or a GUI. That is so that plugins could look nice instead of just being these basic sliders. If you've seen the C3 multiband compressor, I think it's just called the S3, C3 compressor. I've linked to it and talked about it before. 
it has a nice user interface with little knobs and dials and sliders and you can see in general how things are connected and what's going on but if you were running that in an older version of audacity you would see just raw sliders and numbers no helping information no graphical idea of what's happening or what you're moving or how things are related to each other and so and then on the windows side of things audacity 1.2 would use an older audio processor that software processor that tended to on some computers lower the tone of the audio or it would change the way the audio would sound when you play it back. So you might play back the audio in Audacity and think, ooh, that sounds nice and bassy and like the voice of God or like a radio voice or something. And then you actually play it outside of Audacity and it sounds well, normal. And that's because there was a driver issue and a sound core system thing that Audacity 1.2 is using. Audacity 1.3 switched or gave the option to switch to direct sound which is the best version to use for windows so that's audacity 1.3 in general audacity 1.3.13 has added some new features unfortunately it's been a year since their last update and come on guys please release versions faster than that it's okay if there aren't many things in it, but it'd just be a lot nicer if these versions could move a little bit faster. Now, looking at the changes in Audacity 1.3.13, there's a whole list of changes. And I'll go through most of these with you because I want this to be the definitive list of what has changed in Audacity 1.3.13 so you can know. And I'll have a link to these changes in the show notes, or I may even have this list of changes in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 35. First of all is a huge list of bug fixes for Audacity 1.3. I've experienced some of these, and I'll tell you about those. First of all, interface bug fixes. Cutting or copying from a track at a given sample rate into another track at another rate resulted in speed changed audio have you seen this where you've got one track that is at we'll say 44.1 kilohertz which is what you should be recording it and then you have another track that's at 48 kilohertz if you copy from one track to the other then you end up sounding like a chipmunk because it's processing the audio differently at a higher hertz range and so you might end up sounding like a chipmunk or like uh, satan so they fixed that now, and that's good. I've run into that before. Not too much because I generally keep everything in 44.1, and that's the best way to do it. That's the most compatible too. But sometimes for some higher-end stuff, I tried to do 48 kilohertz ones. Generating, here's moving on, generating inside a clip. They mean generating silence, generating noise, or and such. Inside a clip could modify the clip length or create spurious clips. I haven't seen this, but I can understand what might have happened. When you choose to generate silence within a clip, it might change the length of the clip rather than just generate the silence, or it might create additional clips. I've never seen that happen before. Recorded stereo tracks were only half the height 
of imported or generated stereo tracks. Imported stereo files had a one appended to the track name. I have seen this and it has been annoying. Here's the thing. When you create a mono track in Audacity, you notice how high it is. If you create a stereo track in Audacity, it's twice the height of a mono track. But if you, it seems like it happened when I would record too, but definitely if you imported a stereo file, then that stereo file, those two tracks would be the height of only one track. So you'd have to expand it out to try and see the detail. And then there would sometimes be a confusion of whether you expanded it out enough so could you really compare the wavelengths of one to the other if that was important to you? And that could get a little confusing because you'd have to try and expand it to just the perfect right size. They fixed that now. Edit menu and then region save did not save the cursor position like it was supposed to. They fixed that. On Windows, projects crashed when clicking rapidly inside the interface or when applying repeated effects toward the end of audio tracks. I have had this happen. I call this the impatience fix because there, I'm not sure about you, but sometimes when I get impatient with a program, I get a little dramatic and just start even though I know it's not going to do anything. Just like, you know, when you want to go to the elevator and you press the button and you press it harder or more times hoping that it works better. The TV remote control, you press it harder hoping that it makes it work faster or work better. I find myself even on my new HTC Thunderbolt, an Android smartphone, that I still find myself sometimes pressing harder on things instead of just tapping it because I'm used to stuff that clicks or you have to push in or it might not register because, but it's not a button. And in Audacity, what I've sometimes had before, and I have done this, I've crashed Audacity by being impatient. When a process was going on and it looked like it might have been frozen, I would click, nothing's happening, click, nothing's happening, click, 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 oops, Audacity crashed. That would happen to me, but it only happened on Windows. They have fixed that now, so that is great. And also what they're saying about applying effects toward the end of audio tracks. I didn't remember having this problem. But the more I think about it, the more I think I may have had it. I can't think of the specific time when it happened, but I think I have had that problem. But they fixed that now, so it won't crash then. Just still try not to be impatient. It's not good for your cholesterol or blood pressure. One of those. Both of those. Also on Windows, some Unicode characters could not be typed into labels or caused a freeze using some input methods. So if you were labeling, using labels in your audio, and you typed certain characters, like special characters, or maybe characters with accents or little marks on them, other than just regular alphabet, then some of these could cause a freeze, cause the program to freeze. On OS X... There used to be a crash when quitting an empty project window or when closing the main project window while a progress dialog was on screen. Since switching over to OS X and a MacBook Pro, I've seen this. And this is, again, being impatient. And just, yeah, impatience can usually crash a program. But they've apparently fixed this now. 
and the last interface bug fix they have here, numerous other interface fixes, including dependencies, dialogue, keyboard preferences, and spurious lines drawn on waveform. I don't know what they mean about the spurious lines, but the dependencies dialogue, this is nice. If you've got a very large wave file, like every time I record the Audacity's podcast or the Ramen Noodle or any podcast, it's recording to a Zoom H4n audio recorder, and it's recording in uncompressed WAV format. I then copy those onto my computer, and I drag them into Audacity. And the way Audacity has behaved before is that for WAV files like that, where it's already uncompressed, and it's different for MP3s, but for WAV files, when I would drag it into Audacity, it would just make basically a shortcut link to that WAV file instead of actually embedding or importing the audio into Audacity, it would essentially just link to it unless I changed the audio and the entire track of audio. So what this meant is if you dragged a WAV file into Audacity, you did a couple basic edits, but not changing the audio, just editing stuff out. It's still linking to the WAV files. You save your Audacity project, and it might ask you whether you want to embed your files or not. But then it would save the file, and if you deleted those WAV files outside of Audacity, next time you open up Audacity, it wouldn't find the audio because it was relying still on those external files. It was depending on them. That's why they call it the dependencies dialog. So now what they have is when you drag an uncompressed WAV file into Audacity, now it works in that it asks you, do you want to embed this? Do you want this to be imported into Audacity or do you want it to be just linked within Audacity? Now, another thing, the keyboard preferences. Uh, This is probably listed under this, but you might remember several episodes ago, I gave a little trick, an Audacity tip, that part of it worked on Mac and all of it worked on Windows. And that is, if you hold down the command button on Mac, or if you were holding down the control button on Windows and then use your scroll wheel, you would zoom in and out. That worked in Audacity for Mac, for OS X, and Audacity for Windows. I'm sorry, I can't speak to Linux. Uh, I haven't used Audacity on Linux. But I think I remember hearing that it works the same on Linux. Then the other command was, if you hold down Shift on Windows, and then use the scroll wheel, scrolling up, you would scroll to the left. Scrolling down, you would scroll to the right. So it would be kind of like reading a page. Up is previous or going back in timeline down is going moving on forward so shift scroll up would scroll to the left shift scroll down scroll wheel down would scroll audacity to the right that didn't work in os 10 even though it was in the keyboard shortcuts preferences and you can customize it it wouldn't work and i gave that disclaimer previously on the Audacity podcast. I can't remember the episode number at this moment, but it wouldn't work. 
it does now. And that's great because I used to use that command all the time. It's especially good if you're zoomed in and you realize you're not at the right spot in your audio. Now you can just hold down shift if you're on OS ten. Well, again, this has worked on Windows for all time that I can remember. Hold down shift and scroll up to go back in your timeline or scroll down to go forward in your timeline. It's not moving your cursor, so keep that in mind, but it's just moving where you are looking in your audio. It's moving the viewport or viewpoint, whatever you want to call it. So control has always, or command and control have always zoomed, but shift now works on OS X. That is great. I absolutely love that they fixed that. Now they have bug fixes for imports and exports. They say support added for later versions of the optional FFmpeg library up to current FFmpeg head. So the latest version of FFmpeg. FFmpeg was a library that would allow you to import formats into Audacity other and actually export formats other than Wave, Ogvorbis, and MP3. If you had an AAC file, like from iTunes, as long as it didn't have DRM embedded in it, digital rights management that was locked, you can use FFmpeg in order to import that. You can even import videos into Audacity, and it grabs just the audio using the FFmpeg. Well, it was relying on an old library, so now they've updated it so that it works with the newer library. Linux people, listen up, because this says it should significantly improve FFmpeg support on Linux. And there are links to the downloads for Windows and Mac. This fixes mono AAC files importing as stereo. I've seen that happen before. Though current 0.5 versions of FFmpeg will still work. And the latest version is apparently 0.6. Then they continue, both FFmpeg and LAME should now be properly detected even when other versions of those libraries exist on the system. This makes it easier for people to install FFmpeg and LAME in that it's now properly detecting them. 1.3.12 did a pretty good job, but I still had heard some people say it didn't find LAME when they would install it. But now, apparently it does a better job. New warning on by default for importing uncompressed audio file. Better error message when read directly. When read directly, uncompressed files are missing. When read directly, uncompressed files are missing. So it's changed the warnings. And uh, that goes back to a little bit of that dependencies thing about uncompressed audio files and only uncompressed audio. Imported ID3 version 2 meta tags were removed when exporting without the metadata editor appearing. So if you imported, well, they have an example here. Let me just read, read this. For example, when using an export command in chains. Note, as a result of this fix, ID3 version 1 tags must now be written by exporting using external program and an installed lane. This shouldn't be too much of an issue because hopefully you're not tagging your files with Audacity. I'd hope you're tagging them with something else, either ID3 editor for Windows or Mac or MP3 tag for uh, Windows, which is a free version, by the way. 
And so what they're saying, if you've imported stuff as ID3 version 2, they would be removed when you edit the metadata, those tags within Audacity. Not too much of a concern there, probably, but maybe still. ULaw and ALaw files with WAVE headers now use the standard 18-byte FMT chunk, so should now be recognized by most telephony telephony <laughs> telephony applications. You know what? It's about to I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Well, it's it's dealing with audio codecs. I know that. ULaw and ALaw are audio codecs. But uh, so now it can work for all those telephony applications. Telephony, I know. By the way, I know that I mispronounced uh, subsumed recently as subsumed. After I recorded that episode, I was just thinking, did I really say subsumed that whole time? And that was the episode about ping podcast being dropped by iTunes. Variable bitrate MP3s exported using MP3 files were larger than necessary because using the bit reservoir was disabled. This, I'd have to run some tests to see how this has changed. But as I've previously shared, I think in episode 8 or 10, I really recommend now exporting as just Wave and importing that into iTunes, which is free for Windows and Mac. And using that to create your mp3s if you're doing a podcast if you're doing music use the lame encoder because lame is much better at variable bitrate and variable bitrate is much better for music on os 10 files imported from itunes could create invalid characters in the audacity project file causing an error when reopening the project note an error reference to invalid character number will still occur if reopening a project created in previous betas, or betas, betas, for you people in the UK. I'm talking about you, Andy White. That contains such characters. To fix this issue, open a backup copy of the Audacity project file in a text editor, turn off Word Wrap, then in the line indicated in the error message, remove the string of characters that start with an ampersand and a, a pound sign or a hash symbol and ends with a semicolon. That sounded technical. I hope you don't have that problem. If you do, look at the link in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 35 and you can get this information on how to fix that because I'm not going to repeat that. Other bug fixes. NyQuest effects fixes for crashes incorrect slider behavior and better support for backslashes double quotes and unicode characters this is good because nyquest is a way that you can develop plugins for audacity and many plugins come in nyquest styles nyquest is also kind of an open format for plugin creation one of my favorite plugins chris's dynamic compressor is in nyquest format with the dot ny at the end so now they've fixed some things so they don't crash and they've corrected some of the slider behavior. I think I've seen this before and it sounds like they've fixed this now. I don't run into it anymore, but perhaps they have. On Windows and OS X, they've fixed the processing of VST effects. Again, this is another way of plugins for Audacity. 
was substantially slower than in previous versions of Audacity. Audacity 1.3.12 slowed down how it processes with VST effects, these plugins that are made with under the VST standard. In Audacity 10, uh, in Audacity for OS 10, 10.5 on a Power PC, so a G5 or a G4, a first-time installation of Audacity Beta would hang on launch on launch if VST effects were detected. By now, most of you listening to this have probably upgraded your hardware. And most of you listening have probably also already installed Audacity. So this isn't too much of a concern for you. But anyone new out there, this might be a concern. And then two other bug fixes specifically for Linux. Recordings made with the Pulse device crashed or stalled when using Overdub and or software playthrough. So this would be the Pulse device. I don't know what they're talking about there. But this would be Overdub is where while you're recording, you hear the tracks that are already there. It's dubbing over things or overdubbing. So you can hear what's already there. It doesn't mean you're recording into it, but you're recording into separate tracks. And so they fix that for Linux people. I guess there was a crash there. Also for Linux, play at speed crashed at 0.08 speed or lower if Audacity was configured with lib sample rate. I think I hope Linux people are happy about that. (laughs) I don't know because I don't work with Linux. Changes and improvements. Now, here's the meat of it. Here are the awesome things. I hope already that some of those bug fixes are big enough for you to update. And you should update anyway. Here are some of the changes and improvements. The control bar has been renamed to the transport toolbar. I don't think that's really an improvement, but it is a change. So the control bar was, or control toolbar, was that part in Audacity that every track has it, and it's over on the left side of the track. They've now renamed that to the, the transport toolbar. I don't know quite why they renamed it to that, but they did. Now, this is good. The device toolbar is now on default, on by default. The device toolbar, I've recommended in a previous Audacity tip. Again, I can't remember which episode. This was the toolbar that would allow you to select which device is playing your audio and which device is recording your audio. So many times if you have an external microphone or a USB interface or something like that, and you, or if you're trying to record your computer's audio, if you have that set up properly, and you load up Audacity and you press record, it wouldn't record. So then, back then, you'd have to either go into the preferences of your Audacity and then go into your um, to your system, your devices area there, and change what device it was using for the playback or for the recording. Or you could go into the view menu and enable the device toolbar. Well, thankfully, now the device toolbar is on by default. And they've made some improvements on it. Here's how they continue describing it. The device toolbar now contains all input and output device choices, including host and recording channels. 
this means that before my only options were input audio device and output audio device. The host would be like for Windows people, this would be the MME or direct sound. Those are different hosts on Windows or on Mac OS 10. Core audio is the only choice. But so now it shows where I can select the different host right there on the control toolbar. I like how they brought that, made that the default. You can still select the input or output devices. And they say now it lists all devices. So maybe previously it didn't list all of the devices. As well, you can change how many channels it's recording. So you can do that right from the the toolbar there. And that's just for how many channels it's recording and it will play it back in two channels. So that's great if you're going to record, if you want to easily switch before, again, to change how many channels you were recording. If you wanted to switch from mono to stereo, you had to go into the preferences and devices and switch it there. Now it's right on the toolbar under the device toolbar. And that's great that they change that around. Also, they say that the input-output choices are no longer in Mixer Toolbar on Windows XP or some older operating systems. So they've moved, moved that around. I've been off of Windows XP for a long time. They also say there's a new menu option. Transport, menu, rescan, audio devices, menu, item to refresh the device list. This is good because this means if you load Audacity and then plug in your digital device, you'd have to restart Audacity in order for it to see that you plugged in your new audio device. Now you can plug it in and just tell Audacity to rescan for audio devices. That's from the transport menu. And it will refresh then the device list. So you don't have to restart Audacity just to get it to realize that you've plugged in a new sound device. That is absolutely fantastic. Well, you might not be too excited about it, but it's great if you forget to plug things in. This is a great feature here. New sync lock tracks feature turned on in the tracks menu. Or it's also, they don't mention this in the change log, but this is also in the, uh, let's see, what what's the name of this toolbar? I don't know what name what this toolbar is named, but it's also in the toolbar that has the copy-paste options there and undo and redo. I think it's just called the, the edit toolbar. Yeah, that's what it is. The edit toolbar. So this is now visible on the edit toolbar, and I'll have screenshots of this stuff so you can see it in the show notes at the audacity to podcast.com slash 35 so there's this new button it looks like a stopwatch on the edit toolbar and it's also found under the track menu and called sync lock tracks what this would do is that if you were working with a project that had multiple tracks to it and I run into this all the time since I edit in four-channel audio. And you select the top track and delete something from it. Then you've suddenly got a problem of the track, all of the tracks, all any other tracks are now out of synchronization with that track that you just 
deleted something from. So now Audacity 1.3.13 has this feature that you select the tracks that you want to link, and that is by click on the very far left where you have the little volume sliders and mute and solo buttons. Click on that, and if you're on Windows, then you can uh, shift or Windows and Mac, shift click on the ones that you want, or a range of ones, and click this, the little stopwatch button, which is the sync lock tasks. <laughs> Let me try that again. The sync lock tracks, or it's also available from the tracks menu. What this does is now if I edit the audio in one track, it shows this little highlight on any other locked tracks of it's not quite the blue highlight but it is a little bit of a highlight with all of these little stopwatches in between showing that what I've selected on track one is also because it's synchronized and locked is also selected in all of my other tracks so if I delete content and all I've selected is my track one and I delete content then it will also delete that same amount of content from all of the synchronized tracks. This is fabulous. So this means you don't have to now drag through every single track you want to edit and then realize at times that you whoops, missed dragging through all of those tracks and things are out of sync with your audio. This is fantastic, especially if your music is on one track and your voices are on another track or any time that you have multiple tracks. This makes it fabulous for that. Because when you press delete in Audacity, it deletes and moves stuff over. If you want to just delete and not move stuff, that's when on OS X you press Command Option K. Or in Windows, you press Control Option K. So I really like that feature. And that will make things a lot easier. I noticed something about when I duplicate a track or when I duplicated a track earlier it automatically sync locked those tracks but I couldn't get it to do it again so I don't know what happened there if that's a feature or a bug moving on the equalization plugin under the effects menu has a new manage curves dialog for importing and exporting curves the equalization is where you could adjust the pitch for your audio. You could select your audio and then go under the effect menu and choose equalization. And it shows you this graph and you could choose different kinds of curves or you could set up your own curve. And this is how your audio is being modified in different ranges or different audio bands. And you could save these things, but that's all that you could do is just save them. If you lost your computer, you would also lose these settings. Well, that's, that's sometimes a given. But if you lost Audacity, you could lose these settings. Or if you wanted to share your settings with someone else, well, good luck. You wouldn't be able to do it. Now you can because now there's this new Manage Curves box. And again, I'll have screenshots in the show notes and comparing this to the previous version of Audacity. So now you have all of these options of you can manage your saves as they are. You can also export and import these curves. And there's even a button that says get more, 
where you can go download more curves and different equalization settings for your audio. And that is absolutely wonderful that you can do that. So now this makes it easier to share settings or move settings from one computer to another. And what would be great is use Dropbox, noodle.mx slash Dropbox. It's a free service that allows you to synchronize stuff through the internet. I really like it. I use it myself every stinking day and every non-stinking day too. Also, the noise removal tool has gotten a little update. There's a new sensitivity slider to adjust the noise threshold and new option to isolate noise. I'll illustrate this for you. I recorded some audio here that I will play and you can hear it before I process and after I process and we'll play with this a little bit. This is a test of the updated noise removal tool in Audacity 1.3.13. I'm recording this from the internal mic of my MacBook Pro. Now, could you hear that noise in the background? If you're in a car, you might not have heard it, but if you're wearing headphones, you probably heard that noise in the background. It was a higher-pitched fan noise, and that's because I was down here in my studio getting all my stuff set up and hooked up and running all of these programs on my MacBook, which made its fans turn up a little bit louder. And Windows computers are eh, they're usually a lot louder. But so it made the fans on my MacBook a lot louder. And I used the internal microphone in my MacBook instead of using my pile and external equipment. So it recorded a whole lot more room noise. And you can hear that room noise just right here. So now let's play with this in the new noise removal tool. So this is how this works, if you don't remember, is first you select a sample of just the noise. There's my sample. Go to the effect menu, click noise removal, click the get noise profile button. So now it just got the noise profile. It creates a noise profile. Now I select all the audio that I want it to change. Go to noise removal. And now I have a couple new options based on Audacity 1.3. The way it's worded now is I have four or five different options I can change. Noise reduction in decibels, sensitivity in decibels, frequency smoothing, attack delay, attack slash delay in seconds. And I can tell it to either remove the noise or isolate the noise. Just for fun, let's try this and isolate the noise just so you can hear what this does. This will, instead of removing the noise from my voice, it removes my noise, my voice from the noise. I don't know why you would want this. Uh, well, okay, I could maybe see some places where you'd want this if you were doing some sound effect recording or recording rain or you wanted to record noise and you had some other sounds. This might be good. But here it is now with my voice removed from the noise. This is a test of the updated noise removal tool in Audacity 1.3.13. I'm recording this from... Now notice you still hear my voice, but it's a lot quieter compared to the noise. Uh, you probably won't use this for your podcast, but you might use it for other audio production. So now I'll go back and go into the noise removal and I'll tell it to remove the noise. I want the attack to, and delay 
to be a lot faster. We'll try this just for fun. And we'll change the sensitivity and make it very sensitive to what is the noise. Have it process this. And then play this back so you can hear how this has made me sound. Okay, so far, no noise. Did you hear that click, though? That was in the recording. So there's, so far, no noise. That's to be expected. This is a test of the updated noise removal tool in Audacity 1.3.13. I'm recording this from the internal mic of my MacBook Pro. Okay, so it did remove the noise. You could still hear it a little bit. Now what it's doing with that attack delay setting and sensitivity, it's now being more like a noise gate where it's removing the noise when there's silence and only removing it partially when I'm speaking. Again, just for reference, here's the original recording. This is a test of the updated noise removal tool in Audacity 1.3.13. I'm recording this from the internal mic of my MacBook Pro. And here is that version with the noise removed with the high sensitivity and high attack delay. This is a test of the updated noise removal tool in Audacity 1.3.13. I'm recording this from the internal mic of my MacBook Pro. What I like about this is it seems to be removing that kind of liquidy sound or the sound you often get when people make a highly compressed MP3. It's playing with these options. You might be able to reduce that depending on how much noise you have, but please try and remove your noise before you record. However, this now starts to resemble a noise gate and problems you can run into with a noise gate where you get that kind of punchy feeling and you hear the noise in and out, in and out. Sometimes it would almost be better to leave the noise or leave it partially, just reduce the noise than to take it out completely because that might sound even worse because every time you talk, then there's noise in the background and then you're not talking and no noise. It depends on your content and your voice. As I see on forums and stuff why m wait what is it why your uh, i don't know basically it's something like your results may vary y m m v your may vary i don't know if someone remembers they can remind me what y m m v stands for but anyway your results may vary Definitely. It should be YRMV. Moving on to the list. So that's the new noise removal. I hope it really improves uh, removing noise for people and helps reduce the liquidy sound. And maybe sometime in the future, I'll talk more about how to make that liquidy sound go away. Uh, moving on with more changes and improvements, new extended import preferences for specifying different importers to open specific file extensions. So if you are importing something other than WAVE or MP3 or certain different files, it now gives you a little uh, dialog box and some options for how you want to import those files. Improved automatic crash recovery with all project changes auto-saved. This is great. The times that Audacity does crash, uh, 
it's always fantastic to open it up and see that your project is still there. And they have improved that with this latest version and improved how well it saves and auto-saves your projects. MIDI tracks can be vertically zoomed, time-shifted, and display bar lines. Note, the channel selection buttons are not available in 1.3.13. The MIDI tracks, if you, I'm not sure if you've tried this before, but drag a MIDI file into Audacity, and before, you couldn't move it around, like time-shift it, and you couldn't zoom on it vertically. It was pretty much stagnant. It stayed like it was. Now you can z- vertically zoom and you can move it around in the timeline. And it displays bar lines too, which is great for musicians, which I am one of them musicians, me. For Windows and Linux users, the window close, the window menus close button or the windows close button and other system close or shutdown commands now quit on closing the last window. The file menu close option now always clears to a new empty project. And then in OS 10, one last thing that they say that they've improved is that it's a simplified installer with top level audacity folder. This is great too because as it is, many people on OS X don't know how to install programs uh, that come in disk image files, the little DMG files. Now they've simplified it because what I had to do before is when I would install Audacity or install an update on OS X, I would have to create a folder on my computer to go to, to name it Audacity, and then I would drag the contents of that DMG file into the Audacity folder that I created. Now it's much easier by just telling you drag this folder into your applications folder. In fact, there's a little shortcut there, I believe. So it's much easier to do for OS 10. And it's not a full-fledged installer. You just drag it into your applications folder. But it's that tiny little thing of having the Audacity folder already there for you makes it a lot easier for beginners. There are some known issues with this release, and they have a list of these things. I'm not going to go through all of them, but there are several of these. So if you find yourself having some problems with Audacity 1.3.13, then you can check out this list of known issues in the release notes, and I'll have a link to these in the show notes at theaudacitypodcast.com slash 35. So definitely upgrade. This is well worth the upgrade. There are well worth the upgrade. It's a free program. Come on. You're getting it for free. Although you should consider it donating because really these guys do this and they're not getting paid and the app has no ads in it. And that is fantastic that they do that for us. So consider leaving a donation for them. But this is all um, free, and so definitely upgrade. But also, upgrade and let me know if there are any other things that you notice have changed. Sure, the tracks have changed slightly in how they look and uh, certain minor little details here and there that they didn't list. But besides that, it's mostly the same. Definitely 
start using Audacity 1.3.13 and tell me what you think of it. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is the noise removal tool working better for you guys? I don't use the noise removal because I have all this equipment and just workflow that helps reduce the noise or almost eliminate it. So I don't use the noise removal. That's why I had to use my MacBook's internal mic in order to record something with noise. But you could try that and please let me know how that works out for you and what settings you find as uh, optimal for your voice. So that is Audacity 1.3.13. Definitely, definitely get it, especially if you're on 1.2. I can't believe how many people I follow on Twitter whenever someone says, uh, whenever someone says that they are uh, having problems with Audacity, I see it. And so often when they're having problems, it's because they are running the wrong version of the software. So make sure that you are running Audacity 1.3.13, not 1.2. They really shouldn't be saying that 1.2 is the stable version. Last couple things I want to mention is PodCamp Cincinnati planning is uh, moving along very well. And that is coming in October on October 22nd in the greater Cincinnati area. I'm still trying to find a venue, uh, negotiating with a couple different places and talking with some places. And we're looking for sponsors too. If you are interested in sponsoring PodCamp Cincinnati, please email me at this email address, daniel at podcampcincinnati.com. If you're interested in sponsoring or helping out or anything like that, then uh, we can get that arranged and worked out, and it would be great to have you uh, sponsoring or have anyone sponsoring. Additionally, if you want more information about PodCamp Cincinnati and see how the planning process is going, visit the website podcampcincinnati.com. There's a link to the Facebook group there where a lot of people are helping plan and make this an awesome event, and you can also follow us on Twitter from podcampcincinnati.com. It would be great if you could come up to PodCamp Cincinnati. I would love to meet you if I haven't met you before. If I've met you before, then yeah, I'll look forward to meeting you again. <laughs> but please do come up. It would be great to have you. And even I know Fred Castaneda, who uh, interviewed me and whom I interviewed in the Audacity podcast, is coming up from Texas. That is dedication and he's planning to help out and he's part of the planning process too and so no matter where you're from you'll be welcome and it would be great to have you to podcamp cincinnati so check out podcampcincinnati.com and then finally look at noodle.mx or the audacity to podcast.com and please sign up for the noodle mix network newsletter i promise i will not spam you your privacy is important I will not spam you. There are some significant things coming up that I would love to share with you, and I'll be sharing that only in the mailing list. So if you're interested in hearing that, please join the mailing list. That's just at theaudacitypodcast.com, and you'll see on the right side the little email icon or at the bottom of the screen there are fields. Now that may change depending on when you're listening to this episode, but do check that out. If you join and 
you don't see an email by, let's say by the end of May, if you don't see an email, then you can just send me an email to feedback at noodle.mx and I'll make sure I'll send that email to you if you really want to know uh, some of the cool things that are going on then I can share that with you directly and make sure that you don't miss it out. And again, the email list, I haven't been using it as much recently, but I do promise to not spam you and that it will not be excessive email, like multiple emails in a week or anything like that. But I think it it helps build a community. And when you reply to the email, it goes straight to me. It doesn't go to a virtual assistant or it doesn't go to the computer it goes straight to me. I read it and I can reply to it then. And the emails are written personally by me. So you kind of get to be welcomed into an inner circle of the Noodle Mix Network. So check that out at the Ramen Noodle. <laughs> the Ramen Noodle. Well, it's on there too, but the audacity to podcast.com. And uh, let me know then if you don't get that email within, like I said, the end of May. It, it will go out soon, but I'll just keep an eye on when new subscribers join and if it's after i've sent the email then i'll go ahead and send it to you guys it'd be great to have you as part of the community and i share some more personal things sometimes there and ask for some tips if you have any tips or tricks about audacity or podcasting or if you have questions that you'd like me to address in the podcast i've got a backlog of those actually but still send them in to feedback at noodle.mx or call in to 859-353- Four three three two. You can also follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle and get updates about what I'm doing, funny things I see, stuff about podcasting, stuff about web design, and all sorts of stuff that I tweet about. And check the other podcasts on the Noodle Mix Network. And especially, please check my clean comedy podcast, which is over at theramennoodle.com. And we've got more stuff going on at the Noodle Mix Network, including maybe revisiting some other podcasts that we have. So check that all out over at noodle.mx. Follow me on twitter.com slash the ramen noodle and send your questions, comments, feedback, or anything like that to feedback at noodle.mx or call 859-353-4332. The links that I mentioned and the list of changes and all of that will be in the show notes and including a link for where to download Audacity will be at theaudacitytopodcast.com slash 35. Now that I've given you some of the guts and taught you some of the tools, it's time for you to go podcast with passion, organization, and dialogue. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. Thank you for listening. The Audacity to Podcast is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our podcasts on podcasting, which is this one, clean comedy, Christian movie reviews with critical thinking, Christian worldview, and more to come. That's all part of the Noodle Mix Network over at noodle.mx. And the Audacity to Podcast is also a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network, where you can get all kinds of podcasts about technology. Check it out at Tech podcasts.com.